Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Cherise Sims. I am a mama to six beautiful but crazy heavens. Their ages are 12, 11, 9, 7, and twin four-year-olds. And y'all, I'm in like a new phase of parenting because my 12-year-old is about to be a 13-year-old in a few weeks and I'm not ready. Like I'm ready, but not ready. Um, So anyways, I am a mama of six. I am a PBS early learning champion. I'm a parent coach and early childhood education specialist. And I share that with you to let you know that I know a little bit of what I'm talking about. I have the experience of knowing what I'm talking about, doing something different, doing all the right things, getting all the wrong results, trying all the right things again, and getting the results that I'm looking for. So I understand that roller coaster of parenting. I'm here to share with you tips, tools, experiences, things that I've studied that have worked for me or even not worked for me. But I'm mostly here, you know, to build community with other parents and people raising children, raising themselves, uh, because that's literally what I live for and what I love to do. So let's get into it. I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. Uh, this is something that I do with my children at dinner time. It's a way that we get a window into one another's day. It opens up great conversation. We get to find out if anything is challenging our children at school that we may not see about or even maybe in the home that we don't always see. So it's just a great way to open up conversation and build connection with one another. Uh, And I love to do that with you all here today and every time that we get together. And also, y'all can send over your peaks and pits to me on Instagram at Sheree Sims if you ever want to, need to vent, need to share, want to share your wins or challenges. I'm here for it all. Uh, So the pit of my day was that the roads were closed on the way to school unexpectedly. So it sent me on a very major detour, which I was not happy about. And if anybody knows anything about Los Angeles traffic, it can take you 25 minutes to get about three blocks. (laughs) So when those three blocks are closed off, it will mess up your morning. So that was definitely the pit of my day. Uh, And the peak of my day, I think I'm still kind of on high from my husband and I had date night this weekend like real date night, y'all. We went out to Cheesecake Factory by the water so we could look at the boats that already have lights on them and got all the food and all the appetizers and all the cheesecake. And then we had a sleepover at a hotel and we hired an overnight babysitter, y'all. That's big for me. That's not something I do because it is not easy for me to, one, trust people with my children, although this is someone that I know and love very well. Um, And two, it's not easy to find someone who's willing to watch six children for long periods of time. So it was a total win. We had a lot of fun at the hotel. We played some games. We did a lot of connecting. We did a lot of chilling. Bound chicken. Wow, wow. (laughs) No baby number seven, though. Y'all just get that out of your head right now. It's not coming. We're good with six. Twins is a great way to go out. And I think my favorite part of the night was like, I bought me and my husband some matching PJs because I was like, we're doing this. We're having a sleepover. And when I have sleepovers, I like to match my PJs. So here are your PJs, sir. And we put on our matching PJs and it felt you know, it, we we was Instagram ready, even though we didn't take any actual good pictures in our matching PJs. So don't look for them. But I did post like one reel in our in our matching PJs. But speaking of matching outfits, matching PJs, I know y'all have or are getting ready to take those holiday photos to send us your cute holiday cards. I'm also here for the holiday cards. So feel free to send me one 
or tag me in one. And I've gotten questions in the past about family portraits, taking pictures with your kids, especially when they are young and maybe cranky and don't want to do the thing. So I wanted to start out just talking briefly on holiday pictures and sharing with you a few tips, but mostly my opinion, because I think the perspective or shift in perspective may support you, or at least that's my hope. So when it comes to family portraits, as all things, like this is one of those things you want to talk to your children about, prepare them for, let them know we're going to take family pictures. It's going to be in this place. It's going to be with this photographer. It's going to look a little bit like this and kind of share with them what the experience might look like for them so that they feel prepared for it. A lot of times you get hiccups with children because children thrive off of routine and consistency and predictability. So when they lose that predictability, they start to lose their sense of control in their own little worlds, and that's when they start to act up. So the more we can give them with predictability, expectations, the more they feel in control of their situations and the easier you will have in your time of trying to take pictures. So that's one thing to think about. Another thing to think about is the actual clothes that you're wearing. Involve your children in picking out the clothes, in picking out the matching outfits. Think about whether or not your children have these little quirks or whatnot. For instance, my son Daniel, he does not like button-up shirts. He does not like the way those buttons feel against his body. So I know that if I pick out a button-up shirt for him, we're either going to have some type of battle or meltdown over the button-up shirt, (laughs) or I'm going to have to make sure he has a comfy shirt underneath so that he doesn't feel those buttons so that there's not a breakdown over the buttons for the picture, right? Like we don't want breakdowns before we even try to leave the house for the picture. So think about the outfits. Think about the little things that we forget about over time. I don't know if you remember being little and like getting ready for church or a holiday party and people would give you them little ruffle socks, right? Or them tights and you'd be doing them like squats trying to roll the tights up while you're walking because they get stuck in between your legs and it's uncomfortable or the socks are itchy or you got a dress that has like a tutu on it and the tutu's itchy around the waist. These are all things that are going to possibly stress your child out, make them uncomfortable, and make it harder for you to take the pictures with them. And they're little things, but they're big things for the child because all of these things are kind of like sensory issues. The child is feeling them. It's going to stress them out. It's going to distract them. So make sure your child is comfortable in the pictures. Make sure that they or try to invite them to be a part of the process of picking out their outfits so that they're excited about putting them on for the pictures. And have snacks while you taking the pictures, have snacks and wipes. <laughs> like any moment they start to kind of lose control, have a nice little snack to fill them up. Shoot. This is one of them times that I say like, bring some Skittles if you need to bring Skittles. So you can give them a couple Skittles in between to get them to smile if that's what you want. Um, but bring things that you think will kind of make them happy. Even talk to the photographer and make sure you have a photographer that is experienced in taking family photos. Like you want a photographer that knows how to work with children, how to work with families, how to work with your size family. Like for me, it's different finding a photographer that has done pictures with one to two children versus six children. Like it honestly is a difference. So you want to make sure that your photographer has experience in family photo shoots and in working with children that are your child's age, because they're going to have their own tricks as a photographer to make your child more comfortable and to get that photo that you're looking for. And the last thing that I'll share on picture taking is 
give your family like some grace and space to just be family. I have one child that is not about taking photos at all. Like if it's me taking the picture of her, she's going to give me every Vogue pose there is. She's going to go over the shoulder. She's going to cross them arms. I'm going to get a hand on the hip. But the moment anyone is watching her or anyone else is taking the picture, she freezes up and shuts down. And she actually becomes very uncomfortable. And this is one child where I just, I don't even push it. I'm like, this is my child and I love all parts of her. And if she freezes up, like, I even love that about her. So I feel like pictures are supposed to kind of show our our personalities, our family dynamics. So if you get one photo where like all the kids are falling out and screaming and crying, it's okay. And most likely that might be the photo that you actually want to send out this year. And that's probably the photo that is like most relatable to other families. And most people are probably going to love the realest photo that you have. And I know you're going to want to get one that you can just frame and put above the fireplace. That's just perfect. And everybody has the smiles, but it might just need to be something where you kind of let go of certain expectations that you have, or you might have to rewrite your expectations. And we've talked about that before, right? Like this photo shoot is going to be more stressful if your expectation is that you're going to have a photo where everybody is lined up from shortest to tallest and everybody's smiling and everybody's facing forward and everybody's faces are clean, which remember to bring those wipes so faces can be clean. But maybe change your expectations a little bit to just say, I just want everybody in the photo. (laughs) Like, I don't even need everybody smiling. You know, whatever your needs are, check in with yourself about what your needs are, your expectations, and then just give yourself a little grace and room to just capture the moment. And be honest with yourself about what the moments look like. Usually the moments don't look picture perfect. Usually the moments look chaotic, but fun, but there's still love in the picture. So be open and willing to capture those pictures as well. Now that we've talked a little bit about holiday photos, and I hope you all get a great holiday photo, I want to talk a little bit about what kind of gifts you should get for your children. So I know we're moving into gift-giving season. I know there's some of y'all that maybe already did your shopping and have it done and have all your things hiding in a closet somewhere. Kudos to you. There are others of us that have not even started our shopping. We're waiting for the sales. We're waiting for the time. And now we're in crunch time trying to get those gifts together. So let's talk a little bit about gifts. Now, before I talk about gifts, I want to share a quick story. Y'all know that I have bunnies. And the other day I went outside, our bunnies live outside, and I went outside to feed the bunny. Actually, no, I'm lying. The bunnies live outside, but when it gets cold, I do bring them inside because, you know, they are not like out, out in the wild. So they can't dig themselves underground to keep warm during the winter. So sometimes I'll bring them inside. So I was taking the bunnies back outside, cleaning their cage, getting their water, getting their food. And I was fighting the feeling of resentment. Like I wasn't quite resentful, but I was starting to get a little bit annoyed at the fact that I'm the only one that takes care of these bunnies. And my mind literally, I'm literally like having an argument in my mind with myself. Like, man, I'm the only one that feeds these bunnies. I'm the only one that gives these bunnies water. I'm the only one that makes sure these bunnies are warm. Why am I the only one that cares about these bunnies? And then the other me (laughs) said to myself, like, Sharice, you're the only one that bought these bunnies. 
Nobody bought these bunnies. And if you listen to previous episodes, um, you'll know that I bought the bunnies during the pandemic. Those were like our pandemic cuddle buddies, right? I was like, oh, pets relieve stress and pets create an outlet and all these things where I was like, I think it would be a great idea for us to get a pet during the pandemic that can kind of be like our therapy pet, but we're not ready for a dog. I'm allergic to cats. And so I was like, a bunny would be a great idea. Side note, bunnies are not great ideas. Bunnies are an extreme amount of work. If you're going to get a pet, please research the pet you're getting to make sure that it meets your ability to care for that pet. But anyways, so I bought these bunnies as like a surprise to my children. I didn't ask my kids if they wanted a pet. I didn't ask my husband if he wanted a pet because I knew he'd say no. I didn't ask them if we get a pet, is anybody going to be willing to take care of this pet and feed these pets and all of this and that. I just thought it was a good idea in my mind and bought it. And now I'm the only one that cares about these pets. So the moral of my story (laughs) is that like, I can't be mad at anybody for not doing what they said they were like what they never said they were going to do. Right. And I think that's something to think about when we're buying gifts for our children. Sometimes we get very excited looking in the catalogs, looking through the stores and buying certain gifts for our children. And sometimes these gifts require a certain amount of care, whether it's an electronic device that needs to be cared for in a certain way and stored a certain way and charged and not lost because it's expensive. Maybe you're looking at a PS5 or six or seven. What what PS number are we on now? I don't know. Or maybe, you know, it's a large gift that needs a certain amount of space in the house and you didn't consider where this giant dollhouse was going to go. You just saw it and were excited to get it for your child. Or maybe you see a gift that looks really exciting to you, but your child has not really expressed that they're interested in the toy and you're going to get the toy and they're like going to be mad about the toy or they're just not going to be interested in the toy. I want you to kind of think about these things and like invite your children. I know a lot of people write lists to Santa, right? Or they tell you a thousand things that they want. So Target had sent us their holiday magazine, right? And I actually got really excited when they sent it because my children were like all up in that magazine. And I'm like, look at my little four-year-olds reading or at least like holding pages that have words. And then my children decided that they wanted every single thing in that magazine. So side note, if you want to do like a one and done shopping, just hit up Target. I promise you they have everything your child needs there and a lot of things that mamas need there. But they were looking through everything and they literally pointed out everything in the magazine. So I'm like, well, clearly we're not getting everything in this magazine. So I need to find out what things you're most excited about and what you most want. But when we're buying our children gifts, We want to make sure that there's a certain level of buy-in from them, right? We want to make sure that like they're agreeing to this gift. If you're getting something that requires something of them, make sure that they want to do those things also so that you don't end up in a position of being resentful or angry at your child. Like, I don't really think it's cool to gift someone with a job. Like, And if your gift requires a job, consider that and talk to your child about it either before you buy it or even after they unwrap it, there might have to be a conversation of like, before we take this out the box, these are my expectations of you being able to keep this gift. Do you want to keep this gift or do you want to gift it to, you know, whoever else? I don't, that's like literally just an option of what you could do. 
But rather than getting upset that like you bought all these gifts and they're not doing what you want them to do with it. Again, it's about those expectations. It's about that blueprint, like check in with yourself when you're buying these gifts. What are your expectations for what these gifts will look like? And then make sure that that is somewhere communicated with your child or even your spouse so that the gifts is just fun to give. And there are no problems with these new things that are coming into your house. Now, in terms of like actually what to give with littles, and I think most people on here have littles, I don't know. But with littles, I always say open-ended gifts are the best gifts that you can give a child. Open-ended gifts, open-ended play is like a term we use in early education. And it means that the child can do multiple things with the gifts. So if you buy your child a race car, race cars can be fun, but they can only be race cars. And so children tend to get bored with things that can only do the one thing because they're going to have fun with the race car or fun with the racetrack for a certain period of time. And then they're going to be over it. And that thing is going to be sitting in a corner and you're going to be looking at it like, why did I spend $20 on this race car? And you only played with it once. So open-ended toys like magnetiles, where with the magnetiles, they can build a race car. And when they're done with the race car, they can build a castle. Magnetiles are my all-time favorite gift because they also now have like magnetile templates that you can download online where your child can build a two-dimensional Bluey or a two-dimensional Elmo using the magnetiles, which actually also really encourages math because they have to put together these different shapes and colors in a way that it makes a certain picture. So there are so many things that you can do with magnetiles that it's a great gift for your child because your child is less likely to get bored with it and most likely are not going to get bored with something like magnetiles for years. Like I have four-year-olds that play with magnetiles. I have nine and 11-year-olds that play with magnetiles. And magnetiles are something that just kind of like stack up. So they're easy to store. They're easy to put away. As an educator, as a parent of six, where so many gifts are coming in, these are the things that I'm always thinking about is like, this looks fun, but where is it going to go? I personally hate clutter. So I want to buy things that also have a clear place where I can clean them up later and also a clear place where my children can easily clean them up. Like if it's something that they've got to put up high or that it's too hard for them to clean up, I don't want that gift. Tiny, teeny, tiny Legos for my four-year-olds, I don't want that gift because them Legos going to end up on the bathroom floor. They're going to somehow end up in the Thursday night spaghetti. They're going to be behind the couch. Like they're going to be everywhere. They're not going to clean them up well. Those are the type of things that I might have stored away somewhere and bring out once in a while. But that I'm not buying that for Christmas because we're going to lose all of them before we even make it to dinner or New Year's or whatever it is. Another open-ended play item would be something like Play-Doh. Again, something that they can shape and mold and play with. And, you know, it stimulates their sensory system and they can smell it if they want to. Y'all know they make smelly Play-Doh, right? It's fantastic. (laughs) Or slime. Slime is messy, though. So again, that's one of those gifts where there has to be a certain level of buy-in, at least for me. When I bring slime into the house or buy slime for my children, we literally have rules and regulations of like when and where you can play with the slime because I don't want slime to end up in my bed or on the couch. So slime is not something they can play with in the living room. That's an outside toy. 
They can play with it outside. We have trays outside. We have storage outside where they can use that outside so that I'm not stressed out about buying them something they were very excited about. If you are looking to buy things like little dolls, little cars, or bigger cars, I think those things are fun and exciting for children. I would also say to still buy something that is open-ended for them to play with alongside of that. So when they get tired of their dolls that you bought or when they get tired of their cars that you bought, they have the magnetiles or they have the building blocks where now they can build a parking lot to park their car or now they can build a racetrack for their car to go around or now they can build a house for their dolls to be in, right? You can balance the two different things that you want to buy so that you can extend the amount of playtime and use and joy that they get from these gifts. One thing I'll also say when it comes to buying gifts, I notice a lot of times like the boxes always have the recommended age group. If you are buying a gift for your child or let's say another child, it's one of those times where you want to know the child individually and their abilities. So sometimes you see a gift that says, you know, it's for ages eight and up, but you, because you know your child or your niece or have talked to, you know, your sister and found out what your nephew or your niece likes or is capable of, like if it says eight and they're five or they're four, but they can play with it and they'll enjoy it, get it for them. This might sound like a weird recommendation, but I'm sharing it with you because it's actually such a major part of my philosophy in my preschool and in working with children is like the idea to not hold children back developmentally based on ages and stages and standards, right? Like all of those are just kind of like baseline and they're the middle ground. But you have children that excel in certain areas. You have children that may not be ready for certain things in certain areas. So really knowing and understanding the child that you're purchasing for will help you in buying a gift. And I also know that there's sometimes where parents will go in the store, they'll see something that they think their child will really like, and then the recommended age on the box will be two years older than their child, and that will throw them off. They'll be like, should I actually buy this or is it too advanced? You know your child, buy the gift, they'll be all right. And if you feel like it says that it's age appropriate for your child, but you feel like your child is not yet ready for it, maybe it's a box of beads and you want to have them make bracelets, but you know they're still sticking beads up their nose, don't buy the gift because y'all don't want to be in the hospital with beads up noses for New Year's. That's just not fun. So really know your child in the process of buying gifts. If you need to buy them things like clothes because they're growing, I feel like clothes are fun gifts for adults to buy. (laughs) Um, And I think children don't really get that excited about clothes. So if you want your child to still have that like, you know, excitement and joy over over the holiday time, get them things that you know they'll like. Maybe have them open the other gifts like the filler gifts first and then save the other ones for later. Uh, And then, you know, stay tuned for future episodes because we are going to talk about gratitude in a later episode as your children are getting ready to open these gifts And we want them to, you know, say thank you and things like that. But we know that they might or get something that they don't like. We're going to talk about that. So come back for that. But in the meantime, you know, just keep these things in mind and in consideration when you are buying gifts. And I think a lot of times like we we want to surprise our children like that's fun for us. But our children are very clear on what they like and what they want. And they will tell us. And I always say, listen to your children. 
Like they don't necessarily need the surprise. I can guarantee you that my son does not want to be surprised. <laughs> 79% of the time that I try to surprise this boy, he is mad if it is not something that he directly told me that he wanted. And he would much rather open something that he said he wanted, picked out himself, but knew he was going to have to wait to get it, than getting a surprise that is questionable. So as much as surprises are fun, like the joy is in them seeing the gifts, in them opening the gifts. Like it could be something that they literally picked out themselves and put in the cart and you came back later to buy. They are going to be excited and surprised that you actually bought it. But listen to your children when they're telling you what they want, even if it makes no sense to you especially with your older children. Like your older children are going to tell you what they want. If they say they want money, but you want to give them something in a big box, put that money in a giant box and let them unwrap the giant box and get the money that they asked for. And while we are talking about money as gifts, y'all consider your children's teachers. If you can afford it, get your teachers something sweet. I can guarantee to you that teachers love the holiday time and they are looking forward to the little little or large gifts that you give to them, not for the sake of getting a gift, not for the sake of getting a gift card, but because teachers work really, really hard during the school year. They are also looking forward to their breaks because they are exhausted from all of their hard work and what they do day in and day out. And even when they're at home, not getting paid to prep curriculum or grade papers. So keep your teachers in mind and buy them something that you think they would like. Teachers like gift cards. They like coffee. They like, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I like gift cards and I like coffee. But most teachers that I know also love coffee and like gift cards, maybe some jewelry. Or if you can't get them a gift, like get them a card, a really nice card. Have your child draw them a picture, frame the picture, get a frame from the dollar store, wrap it up. Something to just let your teacher know that you appreciate them. Uh, And you'll miss them over the holidays because y'all, your teachers will miss your children over the holidays. I know several teachers that literally cry when the holiday season comes along because they know it's going to be weeks before they see their kids again. So remember your teachers during this time. Make sure to get them a gift as well, whether that be a plant or a flower or just a picture or your holiday card. But keep them in mind because they will really appreciate it. It will really warm their hearts. And that's going to continue to build that home to school partnership that you want because you want your child to be at quote home unquote while they're at school. You want those teachers to be looking out for them like they're their kids as well. All right, friends, I think I've given you all the tips and tools I have for gifts right now. I feel like I said gifts real hard. Gifts. I want y'all to know what we're talking about, okay? (laughs) In case you don't already know. Uh, But if you have, if I left anything out, please send me a message. You can send me a message on Instagram at Sheree Sims, or you can email us at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com. But send me your questions about gifts or join the podcast club, Parenting for the Culture Podcast Club. There's a link in my link tree on Instagram at Sheree Sims. Uh, It is a free podcast club. It's a place where we can come together, listen to the episodes, talk about the episodes, ask and answer any questions that we have, share resources. So I would love to see that community grow. I hope you'll be a part of it, especially during this holiday season, because y'all, we about to hit all kinds of 
stressors and trauma triggers and a lot of fun also. Um, but come back because we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about trauma triggers and boundaries and gratitude and appreciation. So come back uh, next week. Send me your questions in the meantime. Connect with me. And I have no homework for you right now. We in the holiday season, y'all. So no homework over the holidays. And let me know how those holiday pictures go also. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Peace, everybody. Peace.